0: What specific things do you need to do to escape the commission BOA constrictor and move towards a fee-based or hybrid agency model? And how can you get a free consultation with someone who's already been there and done that? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers Podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers Podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and delivers stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're chatting with Cheryl Perez. Cheryl is president of Big HR, and she has particular expertise in a few areas, consulting and compliance, But also, she's done an awful lot of work, both with her own practice and with others, with creating fee-for-service practices and valuing agencies in that environment and why you might want to think about doing both. And we're pleased that Cheryl was able to spend some time with us today. And with that, welcome, Cheryl. Thank you very much, David. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. I'm pleased that you're able to chat about this. I think it's something that a lot of our listeners think about, especially these days, but don't maybe know how to take the first couple of steps. But let's go back a little bit further than that. And let's talk about your background, because I think that to a great extent informs kind of where you are today. So can you give us kind of a thumbnail of that?
1: Absolutely. My background originated actually in organizational capacity building for nonprofit organizations. I lived overseas for a couple of years working with nonprofit organizations and really helping focus build their capacity surrounding the organizational growth and their fundraising efforts, their sales efforts, their marketing efforts. And shortly after deciding to leave the nonprofit world, I went into insurance, believe it or not. Healthcare was always very interesting to me, but my mother was a nurse. Her mother was a nurse, but the actual act of doing patient care was just something that terrified me. So I opted to go more into the business side of things and began actually working for a very large health provider, United Healthcare. In large group sales. So that was really where I got my feet wet in insurance and worked a lot with fully insured groups, self-funded groups, ASO groups, and did that for quite a few years before I decided to go out on my own and, and start my own insurance agency and build my own practice. And so I kind of began that process in late 2003, 2004, and built a pretty successful agency, ended up with about 50 to 60 independent agents, That I was working with training, recruiting, hiring. We focused a lot on ancillary products and worksite products and did, you know, some, some medical insurance as well and had a really successful agency just kind of humming along. And we had gotten into a comfort zone and things were just happening consistently. And then the Affordable Care Act happened, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners have also experienced. And I was terrified. I didn't have any idea how it was going to affect my revenue. There were so many rumors and discussions out there about things being cut drastically. So at first I said, you know, it's not going to happen. I think like everyone else at that point, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Let's keep moving forward. And then shortly thereafter, it became pretty clear that it was going to happen. And I knew that I wasn't in a position to sell my agency or retire. And I had all of these agents that had, you know, believed in my vision and started their insurance agencies and building their book of business technically under me. And I I had to do something. And so I decided instead of avoiding the law, let's learn about it. And began intensive training and certification processes in ACA for my team. And that really got our feet wet in the consulting side of things. I think we had been doing various things for our clients, almost as value adds, just to be competitive as to not lose the business to retain our customers. And we found ourselves in a position where we really had to figure out what the goal was. And so we kind of began making that transition at that point.
0: So what was that process like? I know that you looked at different business and process models. What are a couple of the process and business models that you considered and and how did you get to that point? Because then, then we'll talk a little bit about fee-for-service, but I think it, it was kind of a linear progression for you, wasn't it?
1: It was. It, it really was a surprise, to be honest with you. We looked at, well, maybe we just continued to provide our clients with this advice surrounding this law, and the advice was highly sought after. So we found ourselves in meetings with our clients talking about the renewals, but also answering you know, legal pads full of questions surrounding ACA. And initially, we would provide that advice and, you know, kind of help them work through figuring out their FTEs or calculating various things that were going to pertain to them and their size of business. And I realized, you know, these are services that we could set up in a way that we could actually charge a fee for in order to be able to, to have more impact on our revenue and, and a little bit more control really was the focus. So we opted to kind of begin to look into building a fee-for-service model and adding it into our existing commission-based model.
0: Well, so that's, that's a question that begs another question, which is for a lot of advisors, and I mean, I know folks who are just the top advisors in the country and you start having a conversation with them about fees and they don't even know where to start about how to evaluate what to charge. What's that process like? What was it like for you and and how do you advise others to to start down that road to being able to come up with a dollar value for their time and the advice that they're giving?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I get asked that a lot. I do some work with various insurance agencies who've said to me, you know, Cheryl, can you help coach me kind of through this process? We'd like to add some fee for service. And really the first step for me was to evaluate my current business structure. I had to kind of go back to the beginning of my career and really look at the infrastructure and what capacity I really needed to build and grow in order to even begin to charge a fee for things. Because generally, you know, we were providing services We were providing renewals and the commissions came directly from the carriers. And so the actual product or service was being provided by someone else, and the service piece on the back end, the claims administration or the questions were also being provided by someone else. And so in essence, for a number of years, we were just out there kind of selling that product for them. And this meant that we were going to be selling our own product. So I had to really focus on setting up the infrastructure within my organization to begin to be able to provide a particular service that we were administering, and then also how to service that on the back end. And so I started really with Changing the entire infrastructure of my organization. And I discovered that as an agency owner for all of these years, I really wasn't functioning like a business that was selling its own things. You know, I I didn't have the proper financial structure set up. I really didn't look as deep into my financials and what the numbers said, you know, and and even being able to do things like send out invoices, collect payment, the insurances and the E and O that go along with adding a product line or creating what that product or service line looked like was kind of the beginning step. And so I had to kind of get all of that in place. And most importantly, I also had to unfortunately do a lot of downsizing of my sales team because it was a different product altogether. And a lot of folks that I had been working with as agents, they were comfortable with insurance products, but a consulting product or an, an actual service that can be you can charge a fee for required kind of a different kind of sale. And it required a different kind of salesperson. And so I, I had to really identify who on my team could make that transition successfully. So I did do some downsizing as well. But the first step was really building the overall organizational structure, you know, making sure I had the technology in place, the training in place for my team, the right insurances, the right billing structure. So that was really the first step before we could even think about trying to price it.
0: And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years experience working with healthcare and benefit clients. And over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health's solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. And all of that had to come after you decided what the product actually was. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of interesting. So when you get down to brass tacks, how do you, and this is a question I get asked a lot because we talk to to advisors and we've had people on the show talk about fee-for-service practices. How do you figure out what to charge, what the, that actual dollar amount that you're going to send out invoices for, now that you have the ability to send out invoices and do accounts receivable and all that businessy stuff that we've never done before, how do you determine how to value the service and the product that you're putting on the street?
1: Yeah, you, you almost have to. Initially, we determined that the, the easiest transition for us was going to be in compliance. We were in the benefits business. We were working with benefits, which is a huge component in HR in general. So I was really looking at services that could be complementary to what we were already doing, that we could look at our existing book of business and begin to kind of push forward in providing them with the service. So I identified the product really as things related to benefits. What, what types of HR things or consulting components can we ad that relates directly to the service or the product that we're already offering. And that naturally led us down the road, kind of taking on from ACA and moving forward, we knew that things like providing ACA consulting and helping figure out FTE counts, helping monitor, you know, variable employees and, and helping the employers put in place moving forward, what their ACA policies were going to be. And so also anything else related to benefits and compliance. So we dove into benefits compliance in general, ERISA, looking at COBRA services. So a lot of those added value things that we could kind of complement our existing product structure with was what we chose. And the initial pricing was really interesting because did a lot of market research to find out, you know, what was out there. So I did an intensive competitive market research effort and project to find out what types of providers were out there and what they were providing, what their average pricing was, and kind of began at that point, looking at what are people charging for these types of things? Is it an hourly fee? Can we make it that it's retainer-based so that the retention is there and it's a consistent revenue stream? And so we tried that. And then over the course of that initial year, I really had to have the, the good financial infrastructure in place within the organization to monitor the profit margins. And so That was really what has guided the adjustment in our pricing over the years. You know, at the end of every year, really the end of the third quarter of every year, I evaluate where we are from a profit margin perspective. And I also had to go out and do kind of a benchmarking study. So now, you know, based upon what we do, what are other organizations out there who are successful and who are experiencing success, what do their KPIs or their financials indicate are good profit margins for this type of service? And then my goal became, let's meet that need. So if I got my benchmarking report, which I still do every year and I do for any of the clients that I'm working with, if it's 57% net profit or 56% gross profit on any particular service, and you're running at 27%, then what do we need to do from a tweaking perspective in order to get you up to that 57%? And or or what kind of pricing adjustment do we need to make? And so that's kind of what has guided how we priced things. And initially, I underbid, underpriced things, which can be expected. And then slowly year after year, as we continue to add additional HR services, we added more profitable services to kind of balance out those numbers.
0: So you talked about kind of briefly, and we didn't we didn't name them key performance indicators or KPIs, but if I'm an advisor and I'm thinking about going through this process that you went through, other than top line and bottom line profit, which I think is kind of a no brainer, although for some people, maybe it's not. If you haven't run a business before, what are some of the KPIs that you need to 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 pay close attention to during the year and then when you sum up at the end of the third quarter or the end of the fourth quarter, however you particularly work?
1: Yeah, there's really five that I focus on when I'm reviewing benchmarking reports or even looking at our financials. I look at them actually on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, and then also on an annual basis. The first one, obviously, you mentioned their their gross profit margins, which are really important because that's how you kind of break up your expenses and your net profit margins. So your gross profit margins obviously include the real true cost of services. So if you've got things or expenses related to the the fact that you're offering a particular service or product, those expenses kind of go into that category. So for me, it's, you know, would I have this particular technology system in place if I wasn't offering HR advisory services? If the answer is no, I wouldn't have it, then it goes in the expenses related to my overall gross profit. And so I analyze gross profit margin to make sure that we're being very efficient and what we're spending directly related to the services that we deliver, and then your net profit margins. Okay, now we're adding in our operational expenses, and what does the operational expenses do, and how does it affect where our net profit margins finish? So those are two numbers that I monitor very closely. Another one, which which might be a surprise to most folks, is my aging my pay, my receivables aging days so how long is it taking me to collect my invoices and that really affects the process of invoicing clients adjusting that process receiving those and it kind of requires a different level of infrastructure so you know i never want to exceed a 30 day number so i monitor that number very closely as well i also look at my overall you know my kind of days in in which i'm paying things out from a particular service perspective. So my aging days and my payables is also a KPI that I look at because you can obviously adjust who you're paying, what you're paying. And there's so many technology systems out there that do multiple things. And so we're constantly looking at that as well. And then I I kind of, vary; it varies based upon the service because I do get KPIs for each individual service that we provide. I kind of monitor the numbers separately. So I know what my highest profit revenue margins are on which products. So I know which ones are the highest profit margins and which ones are the lowest profit margins. And so we've actually created packs packages with putting those two together. So when a client now, instead of getting a la carte services, it's a package. If you want to pay this price, it's a package because it balances out the the profit margins for me.
0: That's smart. That's a that's a very good approach. And this leads to another great question, which is the mindset of advisors moving from a commission model where they don't have to think about most of this stuff. To a fee-for-service model where they have to operate in, in more of a traditional business model also provides them with a level of freedom that they haven't had before. And I know you found that. Can you talk about that experience a little bit and what that meant to you and your practice?
1: Absolutely. You know, it wasn't my intention originally to kind of build an entirely separate organization. It was really designed to offset what I perceived to be revenue losses because the carriers at that point had the ball in their court. You know, they were really deciding how much I was worth. And the big news was they were going to be adjusting commissions. And then we began to see it, you know, things that we were previously being paid a percentage of the premium on, we were now being paid. Per head, and then over the years, you know, some carriers even decided, well, we're going to stop paying for this altogether. And it was it was an extremely stressful time because, you know, at one point, my revenues had been cut by almost forty percent, in some of the the groups that I was working with, and those groups themselves became low profit margin groups because we were doing so much in them, and we were being paid pennies on the dollar. So, it was. Slowly but surely, it became a focus after I began experiencing what it felt like to bring in a revenue source that no one else had control over but me. It was very liberating and very empowering. So much so to the point where we continued to really add additional services. And I created... A team whose focus it was even in building new clients. It wasn't to focus on the benefits. It wasn't to go in and, and look at what they currently had. It was just kind of to remove ourselves from that entire market. And that team's job was to go out and put in HR consulting services and outsourcing services and new clients. And so once we began really looking at it from that perspective, we slowly grew that side of the business because the profit margins were off the chart compared to what we were making on the other side. And it was so liberating because at this point, the carriers could do whatever they wanted to do. You know, they could decide to do whatever the government could decide to do, whatever it wanted to do. And we were going to be okay. And so slowly, but surely that. Division of the company just really took over. And we started out kind of, you know, 80% benefits, 20% consulting services or fee for service. And then over the course of the next 18 months, we actually moved to 50 50. Our revenue was 50 50 at that point, which was exciting. And then over the course of the next year or two, it kind of really reversed. And now we're really 80% fee for service, 20% with benefits. And that's really from existing clients. We no longer pursue actively new benefits clients. All of our new clients, you know, really have just our HR consulting and outsourcing services in them. And we really do refer out anytime that they do want us to work with them on their benefits. We refer that out to partners that we might work with or, or coaching clients that I've had and say, hey, can you handle the benefits sides of things? Because it's really not as profitable for us and it'll really mess up my profit margins. Yeah, it, it's a whole different place in the universe. One last question in the time we have left. At the end of the day, However
0: you deliver this and and charge for it, it's about delivering value to clients, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. And making sure that it's a complete service our our motto is relieving the stress. You know, it, there's nothing like it for our clients when, you know, as a business owner, oftentimes they're laying there in bed and the number one thing that pops up into their mind is, you know, what's going on with this employee? Is this employee happy? Is this employee leaving? Why does this employee keep calling off of work? What do I do? And so really our focus is to relieve those stressors and and take those things on and just help them from a complete HR perspective, put what they need in place in order to be successful.
0: It's a great place to end our interview. Cheryl Perez, president of Big HR, thank you for spending time with our audience, and thank you for being a Shift Shaper. Thank you very much for having me. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.